Welcome to the podcast. Um, today we're going to go over the postseason real quick, just kind of summarize it. And then because I promised on the last episode, we will uh, go over a cover nine. Um, and then uh, real quickly we'll look at who won all the important award awards in the league this season. And uh, that will call it good for the uh, lunchtime podcast that I'm recording on my lunch hour. So, getting right to the playoffs, <clears throat> looks like the Chiefs beat the Jets in a uh, wild card game, and the Panthers beat the Bears in a wild card game, so that got us to the divisional round where we actually had some head to head games. Uh, in the divisional round, the Browns just walloped the Ravens. Um, and then we had two really good user games. Uh, first up was the Patriots and the Chiefs. And uh, congratulations to the Chiefs for winning this game in overtime and really uh, putting together a really solid last uh, quarter and overtime period where they really controlled the game and and won it. So that was pretty exciting. It was was a very long game. Uh, It really felt like I watched this game four times or maybe, you know, half of the game three times and then a full game once. It it just felt that long. Um, So really dragged on forever. Uh, but the Chiefs did get a big win out of it, and it was one of their first head-to-head wins in a while, I think, so that was uh, good news for the Chiefs. Uh, I'm doing all these on memory from a couple of days ago, so I'm not going to get bogged down in the details, but next up was the Panthers and Packers. In this game, I think we just got to jump straight to the end here. So the Panthers and Packers have played each other a bunch in the postseason, and the Packers have pretty much dominated that. But the Panthers pulled this one out, and uh, <clears throat> it was reminiscent of a game I saw years ago uh, when the Colts were playing at home, and Peyton Manning was running the offense. I don't even remember who they were playing, um, but they re- they needed a score to win the game, uh, and he was driving them down the field, and they got inside the 20, and the, the clock was starting to run out. And the crowd was getting antsy. I don't remember if they had timeouts or not, but they were just taking their time. And I'll never forget, Manning was in complete control of the entire situation. They ran the ball twice in a row inside the 10-yard line, and he just stayed really calm, and the crowd was really getting antsy because the clock was running out and they were showing no urgency. And then right as the clock was getting down to two and then one, Manning snapped the ball, threw a nice quick slant to Reggie Wayne. They had a walk-off touchdown and won the game. And I thought, that's one of the most brilliant things I've ever seen. He just ran the clock all the way down so the other team couldn't get the ball and just won the game. He knew exactly what he was doing. So the Panthers in this game had a similar situation at the end. It was 24-21. Green Bay was in the lead. And Carolina drove the ball down the field. And they used their last timeout, I believe, somewhere around the 30-yard line with under a minute to play. Uh, I don't know exactly how long there was. Um, So a field goal would have tied it. And they uh, got inside the 10. They got, I believe it was a first-and-goal situation. And the clock continued to run. And they ran a few plays. And the play that really stuck out was 
with no timeouts, and I think it was 24 seconds left, uh, about the time where you probably need to kick the field goal or you're going to lose the opportunity, uh, the Panthers ran the ball with no timeouts, and they didn't make it in, and then they huddled and broke the huddle with almost no time left and then snapped the ball right as time ran out and just quickly kind of just dumped one right into the end zone uh, to, I think, like a backup tight end that, that caught it just just across the goal line. It was crazy. So it looked like a very uh, brilliant and, and very orchestrated uh, attempt to get the winning score, which they did, 28-24, and leave no chance for the opponent to do anything. Now, I have heard scuttlebutt since then that maybe that wasn't all planned and that maybe um, this very well-orchestrated victory wasn't what it seemed on the surface. So, you know, if, you, if you're wanting to know what happened there, maybe contact the Packers coach, Coach Munninger, and, uh, and ask what they were doing there in the last minute. Um, but it ended up being a big win for the Panthers. They hadn't beaten the Packers in a while in the playoffs, and they were able to move on and uh, crush the Eagles in the NFC Championship game and go to the Super Bowl. Um, so the AFC Championship game was the Chiefs and the Browns, and this game reminded me of coaching against Smith Center uh, in certain seasons where Cleveland won 30 to nothing. The Chiefs were never in this game, and it just kind of seemed like a it's all business for Cleveland. Like they were just disinterested in who the opponent was, just getting the job done, moving on. You know, they weren't. They didn't even really care that they were playing against anybody. They just did the job and they went to the Super Bowl. So, kind of dismal end for the Chiefs. Uh, hopefully, they can build up their team and and give it a a little bit better shot next time. Uh, and that takes us to the Super Bowl. This is a 34-10 Cleveland victory. Um, it was really closer than that for most of the game, but as has been the case for Cleveland in Super Bowls, they're in the fourth quarter when they're ahead by a little bit and their opponents start to get desperate and try to force the ball down the field, then they get lots of turnovers and takeaways, and, and they really kind of put it away at the end. And that's exactly what happened in this game. Uh, kind of reminded me of the AFC Championship game where it, it was a little closer, but the Browns were clearly in control of this one. So, once again, Super Bowl victory for the Browns. It's getting kind of old. I think, you know, they're the hated team uh, that the the Patriots used to be. Uh, but at least we had some different matchups in the playoffs this year, because I know I was kind of getting tired of having the same people beating the same people over and over again. So I'm a little glad that changed. Um and, you know, hopefully we'll see some more changes next year. I think next year is most definitely the Packers' year. Now, moving on to the awards for the year. I don't care too much about awards, but these do have uh, implications for players getting more um, attribute points and um, increased development traits and things like that. So we'll go through them real quick. Uh, NFL MVP this year was Lewis Calloway. Uh, the coach of the year was Thomas Pita of the Eagles because they went 14-2. and two. So once again, Alex Munniger of the Browns, who has had good teams every year, uh, still does not win coach of the year, and I don't think he's ever won that award. Um, on the NFC side, 
Uh, let's see, Offensive Player of the Year was a bear. Uh, it was Eugene DiNapoli, who I believe was their quarterback. Offensive Rookie of the Year was Packers receiver Marcel Vaughn, who just edged out Panthers receiver Julian Clancy for Offensive Rookie of the Year. So congratulations to Marcel Vaughn. Uh, defensive Rookie of the Year was Ramon, uh, Lamonte Leary of the Panthers, who I believe was the corner that they took in the first round. So, big year for them. Uh, let's see, what else do we have here? No more relevant award winners on the NFC. On the AFC, of course, the Offensive Player of the Year was Lewis Calloway, who was also the, the MVP. The Defensive Player of the Year was Justin Evans of the Browns. I don't know what position he plays, because I can't see it on this screen, which is really dumb. Um... But congratulations to him. The Offensive Rookie of the Year was J.T. Hughes for the Chiefs, I believe. That was their rookie receiver. And then right behind him in the voting, second place was Irv, uh, Irvin Burney, who was the Chiefs running back. So 1-2 and two in Rookie of the Year voting for the Chiefs. That's pretty cool. Uh, defensive Rookie of the Year was C.J. Carey for the Browns. Best quarterback was Callaway. Uh, best running back was Cam Mosley for the Patriots, who's... Pretty much a fixture in that spot. Best receiver, DK Metcalf. Uh, who cares about best offensive lineman? Skipping right over that. Best linebacker, Mark Darden for the Browns. And best DB, CJ Carey for the Browns. Um, and also a fun one, best kicker, Brendan Jamison of the Chiefs. So congratulations to all those award winners. Now, I promised uh, last episode that we would, after covering the cover three last week, we would uh, go over the cover nine this week. You know, what is the cover nine? You know, when would I use it? When would you see a team use it in the NFL? Well, the cover nine is, as the name would suggest, a combination of the cover three, the cover two, and the cover four. So you add those up and you get cover nine. So, obviously, this is an excellent defense against the pass because you have all these zones that are layered over the top of one another. makes it very, very difficult to pass against that defense. It's very rare. You don't see it very often, um, mostly because it requires 17 defenders. Uh, but it is quite common in Pakistani leagues, and it's becoming more popular in uh, India. So, that's the cover nine. Will we see more of it in the NFL? Maybe. Certainly as the passing game gets more and more effective in the NFL, we, we may see it. So, use the cover nine. Once again, if you have football questions or you have something you'd like me to explain, uh, just let me know. Feedback can be sent uh, via text message or probably on my anchor page. I don't know how that works. But if you have a question, I will answer it, and uh, you'll learn more about football. Now, uh, finally, in the next episode, I plan to try to have the Super Bowl winning coach on the podcast uh, for a brief interview, because he's the Super Bowl champion. Who doesn't want to hear from him? And uh, also, I'm thinking, because I did talk about clock management a couple of times earlier, and that's been something we're talking about a lot on the podcast. I think we may do a clock management tutorial where we say, you know, how should you manage the clock, particularly at the end of games, 
um, so that you don't lose opportunities. Uh, one I forgot to mention earlier was the Browns against the Panthers in the Super Bowl. At the end of the first half, the uh, Browns could have run three plays to try and score a touchdown. Uh, they had the timeouts to, to save the time, but they ran out of time and ended up having to kick a field goal on third down so that they, uh, they, they lost a play there where they had a chance to go for a touchdown. And the first two plays, they just ran the ball and didn't really go anywhere. So not the best effort there by the Browns. So we're seeing a lot of, of clock management troubles in this league. So I think next week we'll do a little tutorial, and I'll explain how you should try to handle the clock, and maybe we'll see uh, fewer of these little incidents and these little problems. So until then, happy maddening.